I think we should stop being afraid to be who we are as people. And that's something that I've been so grateful for with sort of the women ahead of me that showed me all sorts of ways to be a leader in business. And part of that is just being who you are. This is Boss Ladies. So on today's episode of Boss Ladies, I have Dawn Halkoff joining me, and she is the CEO of Ideal Protein. She is a total boss lady. She has her boss lady pup join her, which was actually amazing because at one point she talks about advocacy and literally the dog barked. And I was like, yes, the puppy's like, yes, advocate for yourselves, which I thought was amazing. But we talked a bit about her career journey. We talked about, you know, the power of positivity. She answered her opinion on the age old question of should you use exclamation points or not in your emails? I don't know about all of you, but I've gotten some advice on that. So it was interesting to hear her perspective. She shared a bit more about sponsorship and mentorship, which we definitely have talked about on the podcast. So it's always great to continue that dialogue get new advice on how to be better sponsors and mentors and, you know, how much that can actually directly impact someone, especially Dawn said that, you know, that has really helped her and shared the story of a time sponsorship really helped her in her career, actually multiple times. And then we also talked a little bit about an amazing group chat that she has strong, like-minded, career-driven women in her network and how valuable that's been. So I'm so excited to share this episode with you all. I truly hope you enjoy it. Well, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Boss Ladies. I'm so excited to have you and to talk about your career and your career journey and and some exciting and fun topics that we have planned. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And I'm impressed by you. I think I told you that the first time. I just love what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's really fun. And I feel so lucky to be able to talk to amazing boss ladies like you and share the career advice for, you know, other other women out there on this journey to elevate their careers. So it's, it's really fun all around. Thank you. Can you start by telling us, you know, a bit about yourself and and how you got to your role as CEO of Ideal Protein? Absolutely. And uh, it's nice to meet everyone. My name is Dawn Halkoff and let's see, I mean, I've, you know, I've been on this career journey now. I graduated from Penn state. I got my MBA in 1997. So uh, that's been about 25 years now. And I can promise you that uh, I didn't start out to be a CEO. I was on the career journey like everyone else. And, you know, through, I will just call it the power of being present, opportunities just kept showing up for me. I first started in marketing. I ended up moving into innovation um, and eventually realized that I had a natural gift for leadership and general management. And I had a mentor, a gentleman that I worked for, uh, Mike, who I worked for at Pfizer, uh, which is the, a pharmaceutical company I think we all know now. And he said- <laughs> It's like trending. To, it's a, yes, it's trending right now. And he said, <laughs> do you want the opportunity to lead sales? And that was something I had just never done. And that was a pretty pivotal moment for me um, that took me to from running a team of 10 to a team of 200 and really it grew from there. Um, and the other pivotal moment that happened was when I decided to leave the big company world. And I was the chief commercial officer for Small Women's Health, a pharmaceutical company, where I learned uh, how to survive in, an, in a company not resourced like Pfizer. And it really gave me tremendous confidence that with the right team around you and something you love to do, that you can achieve anything. And working at the smaller company, 
gave me the confidence to go for CEO. And that's where I stand today. I think that's amazing. And I want to add one thing that you had mentioned last time we chatted, which was originally you were considering going down the path of therapy. Is that Yes. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's right. I did speak to you about that. And it's funny, my, my uncle, uh, I think, has three PhDs at this point, And he was my hero when I was younger. And because I had this, as I talked about, sort of natural gift for leadership, when I was younger, I didn't realize that what is what it was. I just had natural connections with people. But anyone that's ever worked for me, when I tell them that I was originally going to be a therapist, they laugh because they know that kind of get inside their brains a little bit to help them grow. <laughs> well, yeah. I love that. And I was, you know, I was hoping maybe you'd tell us a little bit more about how that interest in understanding people has has helped you be successful in the workplace. Yeah, I mean, everything about uh, leadership and growth is about people. And there's so much written about that now. I mean, when I first came into, you know, starting my career, there wasn't as much written, but you can read about you know, whether it's Adam Grant or Brene Brown and thousands of others, just most amazing people who speak about this. But so one of the things I learned early on um, was that my natural connection with people and really wanting to understand where they were coming from was really everything in business. Because if you can't understand where people are coming from, um, it's really hard to get them or a team to a new place. So I've used that skill set a tremendous amount. And you're, you're hearing my puppy, which is, uh, I think, a, a common occurrence these days. <laughs> so, <laughs> a boss lady pup. <laughs> yes, a boss lady pup. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I want to talk a little bit about the power of positivity because, you know, I know you've said that that's important to you. And I think sometimes people think that maybe that by being super positive in the workplace, it might actually make you seem like less of a leader, especially for women. So, you know, Tell us more a little bit about that and sort of why you think it's important to actually channel that power of positivity and, and use that more in the workplace. Yeah. And I think when we spoke last, I don't remember if I spoke to you about this, but actually I am a strength finders coach. And uh, if anybody's ever used that assessment tool, everything in my uh, sort of top five boxes are all around you know, influence and relationship building. And one of those things is positivity. And early on, it was almost seen as too female, right? Sort of like almost like a cheerleader in nature, if you were going to be positive. And a lot of the feedback I got early on was that perhaps people didn't think I was seeing the situation clearly. Mm -hmm. um, and that was good advice in terms of making sure that I got the facts out there. But what I found over the course of time is being positive, especially when you're going through something as an organization, it couldn't be more important uh, because the ability for people to move forward um, through a difficult situation means that they have to see the vision at the end. And to me, that's all about positivity. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I even worry sometimes myself, like I'm a very bubbly person and, you know, I like to be very smiley and stuff like that. And I often am in like after a meeting, I'll reflect and I'm like, was I too bubbly? Was I too positive? Did that take away from what I was saying? And so I like this idea that actually, no, that act, that enhances your strength in a lot of ways. A hundred percent. And I think we should stop being afraid to be who we are as people. And that's something that I've been so grateful for with sort of the women ahead of me that showed me all sorts of ways uh, to be a leader in business. And part of that is just being who you are. 
I want to ask your opinion on the like age old debate of uh, exclamation points, because I feel like positivity, (laughs) enthusiasm, you know, I've gotten the advice of like, hey, maybe use fewer exclamation points in your emails. And I know that that a lot of people have differing opinions on that. So I'm curious what you think. I use exclamation points. Um, I don't, yes. over, I don't, I don't overuse them, but it, sort of, <laughs> it depends on the email, right? Mm-hmm. I actually just sent an email to my team. We're coming to the end of the first quarter and I'm a big fan of Brian Moran's the 12 week year. So I was talking about, Hey, we're coming to the end of the first 12 week year. And I was celebrating the fact of everything that we had accomplished that we set out to do. That's an email with a lot of exclamation points. <laughs> when I send email to the boards, less exclamation points. So it's really depending on the tone I want to bring across. Yeah, that's fair. Yes. <laughs> so you told me um, a bit about a group chat that you have with some amazing women in your network. And I'd love to hear a bit more about it and how it got started and, and how it's been, you know, it's added value to your career. Well, now they're definitely all going to listen. So, um, and I love, love this story because, well, first of all, I'll say I have, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to have some of the most amazing, you know, friends, friend network, but in particular mm-hmm. uh, with my female friends that I've met through work throughout the years. And there is a group uh, from Pfizer, actually back to Pfizer. I've worked in other places, but um, that got together we didn't all work at Pfizer together at the same time. We were in different departments across medical and digital and marketing and media. Um, But there was one woman, uh, her name is Anjana, and Anjana was moving to Japan at the time. And she got this group of people together. And that was, I don't even know what year it was. It was probably almost 10 years ago. And since that time, we had a group text going since then that we call the wise women. And I will tell you, we are in contact all the time. We're not the best of friends, but every time I have a work challenge, I have a personal challenge. These are the women that I can be completely unfiltered with. And over the years, they've become almost my own personal advisory board. And we celebrate all the good things and uh, we're there for each other during the hard times. And I'm just really grateful for them. That's amazing. And do you, like, what is it like? Do you, you know, bring challenges you're facing in the day to day at work and like how active are the discussions? And yeah, I mean, mostly the conversations we have aren't always so deep, but what happens is, is that when you have those moments during the day that are, can be overwhelming and that happens throughout your career, doesn't matter what the level is that you can reach out in these and just say, this is what happened. Doesn't have to name names, doesn't have to, could be something small, it could be something large. If it's something large, these women will say, let's get on the phone and talk about it. Something small, um, they'll, you know, it's a lot of, you got this, or congratulations. Mm -hmm. Um, They just, they're just non-judgmental, And because they all have such incredible experience from, again, very disciplines, um, they can also jump in and say, I've been there. And that mm-hmm. is really invaluable because the truth is, and listen, it gets better generation by generation. There are not a lot of women, you know, in the positions, you know, at the highest levels of the organization. So it's hard to find other women that it can be 
both friends and really, Mm -hmm. you know, and really have the knowledge base that you need. So they've been amazing. I love that. And honestly, like, I just feel like sometimes if you don't have that group of women, like that are in these similar positions, no one gets it. Cause like, as you move up and, you know, male dominated space, I'm, I'm a woman in tech. Like as I've moved up, I look around and there are fewer women, unfortunately, hopefully that's changing. You know, there's more women coming in the pipeline and, and through, you know, hopefully podcasts like this and other larger efforts to help women grow their careers, we're seeing more and more women in leadership positions, which is incredible, right? We want equality across the board, but it's challenging. Like there are moments where I'm like, that was such a frustrating situation, but I can't help wonder, is that because I was a woman? Does that impact why that situation was so challenging? Or is that just a challenging situation? And sometimes having other women who understand that feeling to bounce those conversations off where sometimes they're like, mm, you know, I don't think that had anything to do with the fact you're a woman. I think woman, I think that's just a challenging situation to navigate or, you know, that actually does kind of sound like it might've had to do with that. And I'm sorry, you're feeling that way. Let's talk through it. So I think exactly. it's amazing that, that you have this group. Exactly. And, and you really don't know. I mean, you really yeah. don't know. And when you're with a large company, like some of the larger companies I've been with, they've had these incredible resource groups, right? So mm-hmm. that, you know, for, you know, all groups, you know, women included, but mm-hmm. when you're in the smaller companies or you're in industries that don't tend to think about that and more and more companies are, it is your personal network that you build over the course of years that are going to give you that kind of feedback, because that's the other thing about these women. And, and in particular, this, you know, Anjana that I just mentioned, and, and she's incredible, but she, if she doesn't agree with me, mm-hmm. she will say it. And that <laughs> is, and some of the other women will too. I mean, they're tough, right? But they're yeah. tough in the best way possible because they want yeah. you to be able to go out there and succeed. Oh, I love that so much. So yeah. you have any advice on how to find a group, create a group, cultivate, a, you know, an, an amazing culture within the group where you can have these discussions? I mean, the way that this group came about was pretty informal and really sort of centered on this, on this one woman and her experience. I think that, but over the years I've had, and I have today, other groups of women mm-hmm. that I'm really close to, to me, it happens organically. And mm-hmm. I think it really is at least, you know, starting with two people, and, you know, saying, you know, I, I really want to have a safe space to talk to you. I mean, we do a lot. And we'll probably talk about that today, mentorship and sponsorship. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what's helped me the most in terms of navigating day to day is when you work with someone that you really trust and you really like, just having a sp- safe space to just ask the questions that you were just asking is like, did I handle that well? Could I have done it differently? Or hopefully in advance how should I, right? And having another woman to bounce it off of or a man that you trust that, trust, I love men, but you know, but sometimes (laughs) having those female friendships, there's nothing that can uh, replicate that. Yeah. And you know, I love what you said when you were first talking about the group is that this wasn't just like a group of your best friends, right? This was a Mm -hmm. group of like-minded women who were passionate about succeeding in the workplace. And I think that's important because, you know, sometimes I want to call my best friend and just be like, this stinks, blah, blah, blah. But then sometimes I need to talk to someone that's like, you know, 
been in similar challenges and can talk through these things with that. Not that my best friend hasn't, but it's, it's nice to have a balance of both. I would say where you can be emotional and also not emotional and more, you know, thoughtful. Because sometimes your best friend is too close to you. Yeah. So even though these women are great friends, actually a couple of them just came and stayed with me for the weekend, which was oh, awesome, so but it's, it's, it's different right? It's just a different kind of friendship. And and that's evolved like incredibly over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I want to jump um, topics a little bit and, and, you know, go into mentorship and sponsorship. And I think what would be really cool is if you wouldn't mind telling a story you told me about how mentorship and sponsorship actually was so directly impactful in your transition into your CEO role. Yeah. I mean, I, this was, this happened recently because I transitioned into this CEO role just about three months ago. And the way it came about is the CEO that was at the company that I'm at now, I called her and she was someone that I had always looked up to. And uh, we worked together at Weight Watchers years ago. Uh, She was much more senior than me. And just, I thought an incredible role model for female leadership. And her name is Mel. And Mel was the CEO of Ideal Protein and Mel lives out of the UK. And when she took the role, was going to be traveling. Ideal Protein is centered, uh, headquartered in Canada um, and in, you know, in the US, a lot of the growth in the US. And when she took the job, she thought she would be traveling and could do it a ton to Canada and the US. But of course, uh, COVID hit shortly thereafter. And it was really hard for her to run the business you know, from, from that distance. And so when I called her to tell her that I would be leaving my last company, she said to me, we just started looking for my successor. And we had uh, many long conversations and what turned, you know, someone that was a role model to me, um, she turned into a sponsor, went to the board, talked me through it, told me where the opportunities were, where the challenges. And then, and this was really the, not only did she sponsor me to become the CEO. She also had me come on to about six weeks before she left. When have you ever seen two CEOs in a company (laughs) work through a transition without ego? And, you know, are there things that I look at differently than she does? Of course there are. I asked her a million questions. I had some different perspectives, but I think that's where female leadership can be really different. We were there to support one another. I still call her. And I'm just so grateful for that because I wouldn't be sitting here in this position, um, again, without that early on role model, the Mm -hmm. mentorship that she provided, but really ultimately that, that type of sponsorship. I think that's so amazing. And, you know, I'd love to hear more about any thoughts you have on, on ways that, you know, we all can start to sponsor those around us, right? Because there's opportunities everywhere. It's just taking that effort, acknowledging that, like you said, not having an ego and actually making, making time to sponsor someone. And I think you, Olivia, you just said the right word effort. I mean, yeah, there are so many people that, you know, you can, of course, you know, spend time with on the phone and help them to where they need to go. But ultimately, sponsorship is, I sound old now, picking up the phone. (laughs) Sponsorship is, you know, sending the email to say, I know someone great that would be appropriate for this role. I mean, I really believe that's why organizations like Chief were created or YPO and because it provides a formal environment to make 
the effort. And that's really what it takes. It doesn't matter what level the person is or what they're looking for. We should just be lifting each other's up with the effort to connect them to where they want to go. And Mel did that. And I, you know, I, I hope, uh, and I can, I hope that I've done that for other women. I know I have and can continue to look to do that. Um, because that, um, that's better than anything else. Yeah. And so, you know, we're talking about sponsorship, obviously that's making an active, you know, making an active, active effort, like the word we just talked about to, give people opportunities to showcase their skills. But we also were using the word mentor. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about mentorship and how, you know, how anyone listening can get involved in, in mentoring folks, maybe folks that they don't work directly with or at different companies, but they can still obviously make an effort to help them grow their career. Sure. And, and, and mentorship is wonderful uh, to be clear i think the biggest value we can bring people is actually sponsorship because yeah. mentorship on some level is advice mm-hmm. and uh, we we want to be able to give that advice in terms of but sponsorship really is what's going to move the needle and so i think yeah. that i would encourage people to do that and that doesn't mean you have to be really senior in your career to do that um, it just means that you're helping someone else and connecting them to where they need to go and advocating for them, right? Really advocating for them. What I will say about mentorship, and I had plenty of incredible mentors um, in my career. Excuse me, Savvy. No, I loved that. You were like, we need to advocate for them. And I felt like she was like, yeah. Yeah, advocacy. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, you know, I think mentorship is great. And I've had plenty of incredible mentors in my career. What mentorship does is that uh, it's almost like back to that therapy session, but it allows you to ask those tough questions of, is it me, right? You know, or should I be acting differently? Or, you know, can I show up differently? Or should I be swinging for that next step? And to get, you know, involved in that, I mean, it's pretty easy to get involved within your own companies. But I also think that if you're on, um, platforms like LinkedIn, there's always mm-hmm. people looking for advice. And I've just found naturally over the years um, at every level of my career that there is always someone trying to figure out what to do next. And so mm-hmm. I just spent a half hour on the phone with them. What are they looking for? Some of it is just helping them figure it out. What are you looking to go next? Have you thought mm-hmm. about Um, And then again, where can I support you in getting in contact with people? So it's pretty simple to me. It's, it's basic connection and networking. Yeah. And I think also one thing to call out here is like any male listeners, you know, you can do this too, right? This doesn't just have to be women looking out for other women, but also, you know, how can men who may have Uh, you know, powerful roles or maybe, you know, able to sponsor people, look around you and see who those people are. Maybe you can give someone the opportunity on your team to give a presentation that you might've normally given and find ways to, you know, yeah. I the power. agree. And I was mentioning my boss, Mike at Pfizer, when he gave me sales, that transformed my career because I never would have thought I could run a large team like that, but he didn't just do that. And I've told this story uh, before, but it, it's worth repeating because what he did is not only did he give me the role, but he said, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to put a very seasoned sales leader in place. 
but he also deserves opportunity. And so six months after we put him in place, we're going to give him another opportunity and then you're going to get deeper into sales. So I'm going to set you up to learn and then I'm going to set you up to do. I mean, he was so thoughtful about it and he did it the right way because without the doing for me, Mm-hmm. It's hard for me, um, you know, to lead as effectively as I can. I like for a period of time to be in the trenches um, and have the understanding so that I can help make the team make great decisions. And he did it right. Yeah. And it sounds like he really set you up for success, which I think is so crucial um, and and a great part of sponsorship is like, how can you elevate people? And then how can you also make sure that they're set up to succeed when you're no longer sponsoring yeah. them? Right. Yes. And they're off to the races. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So my last question for you, my favorite question in any one of these interviews, um, is what do you feel is one of your greatest accomplishments? Oh boy. <laughs> one of the things I'm most proud of in my career actually came really early on when I worked for Guinness Beer, which was probably the only time I wasn't in like a women's health centered business. And I was only a couple of years out of grad school. And I remember sitting in this meeting and I would think I was probably the only woman in the room. So it's a liquor company. So that tends to be male dominated. (laughs) And we were trying to figure out, you know, how do we get more presents for Guinness in the bars? And there were all these amazing ideas that were coming up. And I was sitting there listening, taking notes. And the CMO at the time said, Dawn, do you have any ideas? And in my head, I'm thinking, nope, <laughs> I have nothing. And, but of course, you know, I, I couldn't do that. So I said, well, you know, I just come out of MBA. So I was like pretty attuned, you know, to the marketing fundamentals. I said, well, you mm-hmm. could, you could make the tap bigger. And there was sort of silence around the room. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, the only permanent presence <laughs> you have in a bar is the tap and it's small. <laughs> and he Interesting. Said, yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, what would you make it look like? And, you know, if this was a, you know, if I said to you, well, what do you think it should look like? You know, yeah. it, the pint and <laughs> what, and then I, I got to change the, the, the Guinness tap or, you know, around the world. And I actually still see it in bars sometimes. So wait, that's so cool. It's first of all, so I mention it because it's really the coolest thing I've ever done. But more <laughs> why I mention it is that I said the obvious thing. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I've led my career stating the obvious. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, for me, that's actually worked really well. Um, and so I'm proud of it. And a lot of the other accomplishments that I've had, um, you know, across other other companies have been mm-hmm. about stating the obvious. And I think we get too fancy sometimes, especially in the technology world, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many cool things people are coming up with, but people are looking to solve simple problems. And I've always kept that grounding uh, within me um, as I've, as I've uh, gone through my career. I love that. That's an incredible story Thank and I can't you. wait to look out for it now. <laughs> <laughs> they changed it in some places, but some places still have the same one, which is That's cool. so cool. Yeah. I love that. Well, Thank you so much for coming on Boss Ladies, sharing your story and sharing such great advice with everyone. I yeah, really well, appreciate thank it. Thank you. So fantastic to speak with you. I really appreciate it. 
Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Boss Ladies. Check back next week for a new episode. Visit us at www.bossladiespodcast.com for more information about the show or follow us at Boss Ladies Podcast on Instagram. Rate, like, and follow the show on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you.